0: You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is distributed by Glassbox Media and is part of the Crawlspace Media family. Welcome back to True Crime Twins, where we use our backgrounds in criminology and medicine to bring you crime stories each week. I'm Chloe, and I'm Melina. Thank you so
1: much for joining us for another week of true crime. How are you doing, Melina? I can't complain. It was a long day, but I'm happy to be home and talking about true crime.
0: Sorry, it was a long day. We are both in the rat race, but the best part of our day is getting together and recording our show. I just saw a news story from the New York Post that broke about an hour ago where an anonymous source is saying that Brian Koberger, who is the suspect, in the Idaho murders had slid into one of the victim's DMs several times, but she didn't respond. It was basically just him saying, hey, how are you? And he had did it several times back in October. The source didn't disclose which of the girls, which could have been Zana Kernodal, Madison Mogan, or Kaylee Gonzalez, messaged. Apparently, this account followed all three girls on the social media platform. I hope that this source confirmed that the account did indeed belong to Koberger because I know that a few fake accounts were made by trolls around the time of his arrest. I thought this was interesting. Steve Consalves, one of the victim's fathers, had said that there was no relationship between the offender and the victims. So we'll see if this amounts to
1: anything or if this is just a bogus story. And there have been a few bogus stories, but... It would create a connection that would be very important in prosecuting him. And I just want to give a quick shout out to the Gonsalves family. I think they're incredible. And I love that they're so vocal and just call everybody out. Tell it like it is. They're amazing.
0: Yeah, I think they were criticized for possibly revealing too much information. What his response was, was I am entitled to this information and I can do with it what I want. I sent my daughter to college. She came back in a box. I should know all this information and I can do with it what I want. He did eventually hire a lawyer. So I do wonder if maybe a complaint was made about the amount of disclosure. Apparently, according to the source, these messages all ended up in the woman's message requests on Instagram. So it's possible that she never even saw them, but all of the messages were left unanswered. The victim did not follow Koberger back on Instagram. But this isn't what we're talking about today. I saw this update right before we started. And because our last three episodes were surrounding the Idaho murders, I thought it was worth mentioning. Today, we are talking about an unsolved disappearance that we would like to shed some light on. If you haven't heard already, back in 2013, on August 30th, Bryce David Lispisa, a 19-year-old college student, disappeared in the state of California. He had been attending Sierra College in Northern California, and he was en route to his family's home in Laguna Niguel, which is in Southern California. He was driving his 2003
1: Toyota Highlander, which was beige in color. Shortly before he left to go home from school, he had apparently broken up with his girlfriend. There was some sort of fight that was witnessed by friends where there was a fight over some car keys, apparently. Like, apparently, maybe Bryce was drinking and she grabbed the keys from him or something to that effect.
0: It sounds like, based on the accounts of his ex-girlfriend and his other peers at Sierra College, that around the time of his disappearance, Bryce had been escalating in his substance abuse. He had been drinking large quantities of hard liquor, abusing other substances, and his behavior grew more and more erratic. I don't think he was sleeping I don't know if an argument like that actually was that out of the ordinary towards the end of his time at Sierra College. Wasn't this an official breakup, though? It was pretty clear that they were broken up, and I'm pretty sure that information was relayed back to Bryce's parents. On August 26th, so four days before his disappearance, he attended classes and checked in with his parents. He told them that he loved them. That wasn't out of the ordinary of his typical behavior his behavior at school however was a little bit different two days later on august 28th he called his mom to let her know that he was planning on coming home he also asked his mom to convince kim his ex-girlfriend to give him his car keys back involving her in this argument she had taken the keys because he was acting erratically and she was concerned about whether or not it was safe for him to drive Eventually, he did get his keys back. The following morning, Bryce's parents were called by Bryce's car insurance company to inform them that there was a request for roadside assistance. After making some calls, Bryce's mother was able to identify and then call the mechanic that had come to assist Bryce. Bryce was still with the mechanic, and his mother was able to speak to him directly. He had three more hours left on his drive. And they were reassured by Bryce that he would arrive in time, which he did not. Once he didn't, the police were alerted.
1: They went out and looked for him and found him in the same spot. So he was just sitting there in his car. He hadn't moved. It looks like he's just staring into space. For how long?
0: Well, I don't know how long after his estimated time of arrival, they called law enforcement. And I don't know how long it took law enforcement to locate him. But it was at least three hours that he must have been sitting there. Law enforcement administered a field sobriety test, and they interviewed him and determined that they had no reason to detain him, and they let him go. However, almost 13 hours later, the mechanic who had originally helped Bryce with roadside assistance saw Bryce again in the same spot. The mechanic made a courtesy call because he was just concerned to Bryce's mother. Bryce's mother spoke to Bryce again and convinced him that it was time to go. The mechanic was concerned enough to follow Bryce for about 10 miles. Apparently, after the mechanic stopped following him, Bryce's parents had made contact with him a few more times, but Bryce never ultimately came home. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show.
1: The last time his parents heard from him was around 2 a.m. on August 30th. He told his parents that he didn't know exactly where he was, but he was on the I-5 for a long time and that he was going to pull off the road and take a nap in his car and that his mom told him to get some sleep and call her back first thing. He never called back. Just about two to three hours later, Law enforcement happened upon his vehicle, which was abandoned. There were no drugs or alcohol in the car. His cell phone, wallet, computer, and other personal belongings like clothes were in the car, but he was gone. The back window had been broken, and it appeared as though he had exited out the back window and fled the accident. The car was off the road. 15 feet down a ravine.
0: Although Bryce had specifically told his parents that he had pulled over to go to sleep, he actually drove to Castiac Lake, which is a recreation area near the Angeles National Forest. Interestingly, when he encountered law enforcement, he had told them that he was just waiting for a friend. And he had apparently told his parents something similar. I don't know if that was even true or if that was just something that he was saying to get everybody to go away and leave him alone. Bryce's car was driven off of a cliff in the Castiac Lake area. He had accelerated when he drove off the cliff or whoever was driving the car when they drove off the cliff. I guess we don't really know for sure who was driving at that point. There were a few drops of blood, but not enough to indicate that he had a life-threatening or fatal injury. Search dogs tracked his scent to a nearby truck stop, but he was not there. Sonar technology was also used to look for his body in the lake, but they found nothing. Some have speculated that from the cliff where Bryce had been apparently overlooking the lake, that he might have had the false perception that if he drove off of that cliff, that he would have landed in the lake, which
1: obviously didn't happen. This was in the Santa Clarita area of California, which was about two hours away from where he was headed. The...
0: Increasingly erratic behavior that Bryce was exhibiting was certainly out of character, according to everybody who knew him. The large quantities of alcohol that he was drinking, the staying up all night, abusing the prescription medication Vivance, which is a stimulant that's typically used for people with attention deficit disorder. It makes you wonder if maybe he was self medicating, if there was something going on internally that he was trying to cope with or push down. The age he was at, 19, is pretty much the typical age of onset for severe psychiatric disorders such as bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders in men. Late adolescence, early adulthood is typically when you find these illnesses emerge in adulthood. These aren't illnesses that are diagnosed as often in children. Usually, it requires a certain level of frontal lobe development to confirm such a diagnosis. And these breaks are very common in college-aged boys.
1: I think that the most likely scenario is that he impulsively drove off the road, probably because of what you said, that he had the false perception that he would end up submerged in some body of water, and then he would have no choice but to end his life. But then when that failed... He fled the scene not wanting to deal with one more person asking what the hell he was doing and found some other way to end his life. Or maybe he ran off and was okay for a few days, just continuing to be in his altered state of mentality. Clearly he was going through something and maybe he caught a different type of demise because of the vulnerability. Outside of the erratic behavior and the substance abuse, the apparent
0: catatonic like state that he was in is very concerning obviously when someone is actually full-blown catatonic they're not being responsive and able to convince law enforcement or their own parents that everything's fine it's a much more severe state of dysfunction he did seem like he possibly could have been quite internally preoccupied to just sit there in your car apparently doing nothing besides staring out into space clearly something was on his mind, whether that was related to some sort of psychotic thought disorder where he was having some sort of hallucination going on, or if he was in a manic state, which also can cause psychotic symptoms where he was having racing thoughts and was just trying to concentrate on those thoughts. Or if he was suicidal, he may have been contemplating all of his options. There is some evidence that could suggest that he was suicidal. Not only did he call his mother telling her how much he loved her in the preceding days, but he had also sent one of his good friends a very sentimental text. I love you, bro. Seriously, you are the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. Apparently that was somewhat uncharacteristic of him to be that sentimental. There were also reports that he was giving away some of his personal belongings, like diamond earrings that he typically wore in his ears also abruptly breaking up with his girlfriend Kim that also could have been to maybe save her from the pain or try to distance himself from her a
1: little bit before he eventually did kill himself Bryce Pisa is about 5'11 and weighs about 160 pounds he has red hair and blue eyes both of his ears are pierced Anybody with information about the disappearance of Bryce Pisa should call 818-984-0630.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of True Crime Twins. If you enjoy our show and look forward to new episodes, please take the time to leave us a five star rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. You can follow us on social media on TikTok and Twitter. We are at True Crime Twins. On Instagram, we are at True Crime Twins Podcast. You can also email with questions, comments, case suggestions at truecrimetwinspodcast at gmail.com.